not barking this entire episode. We should start with that. <laughs> Hank is in the house. Welcome into No Puns Allowed. I'm Paige. That's Kramer. Give us a crack. There we go. Now, happy summer. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play odds maker here. Okay. Uh, your dog is sitting next to you. <laughs> yes. Okay. We He's have a bark, room. no bark bet going. <laughs> um, we have bark at like minus two ten. Like, okay. What, what What are you thinking here? Bark, no bark. I don't you know think it's dog. gonna be a bark. I think it's gonna be a whine. So on okay. a technicality, I would win because I don't. But it think- ha- yeah, it's gonna be a disruption. But he has to do it at like. Uh, like the end, the very end, or like a serious time. Not that I, I think there's anything serious on this, but I that's think... the point. He has to disrupt it at just the right moment. He's so peaceful. He's so cute. Um, but you yeah, know, I I imagine it will be like when we're actually talking about something. Like it won't be like oh, oh we're at the end of this. Like I do think it'll yes. be in the middle. So we'll give him if he gets through half, then he 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 wins. wins. Um, we'll give him an extra treat. Well, we're, we're all counting on him. Um, I just want to start off by saying, Paige, that my – so during the offseason, we go through different waves of offseason, right? So we <laughs> like take a breath and then it's the weather sucks here and now I'm getting the juices going. And this is lawn season, right? This is, oh. this is almost preview mag season. It's also lawn season. Um, my lawn is looking fucking tremendous, Okay. I just want to say, Paige, you know how much pride I take in this, how much time I, I invest in this? I do. This is this has been as good as it's ever been. And I'm very, very excited about it. Uh I will share pics, of course, on the various social channels here because it's it's my pride and joy. How, outside of how my kids. often do you mow your lawn? So during the spring, it's like twice a week. Um it's growing fast. Twice a, a week? Lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily. Um <sighs> Sunday was very hot. I spent like nine hours in the sun. I thought I was going to, you know, pass out. Had to throw down the malorganite. That's the trick to a great lawn. Fertilizer, cut, edge, clean, you name it. It got the full treatment. Got a little rain last night and it's all of a sudden looks like it's ready to be mowed again. So yes, twice a week is the formula. I, okay, so maybe we should do like twice a week updates on your lawn. Yeah, no, I'll get some, I'll get some pics. It's, uh... (laughs) I had I had a skunk situation. A skunk like dug a hole in my front yard, which I was not happy about. But I remedied that real quick. Um, I once a couple years ago, there was a kid. This is a true story. Wake up, and my wife standing over me. I mean, my you know my daughter couldn't sleep at the time. I remember I was like sleeping in her bed. She goes, "There's a car <laughs> in our fr- there's a car in our front lawn," and I said, "What?" So I walk out six a.m. There's a car smashed around my front oak tree. Um, Kid was texting or something. He was fine. Um, car smoking. I had to do a complete lawn reno because it was like, not only did they have to pull the car out, you had the oil from the tow truck. I mean, it was like, I was still finding pieces of plastic from that car like last summer. So That's crazy. So yes. So since then, I've had to work extra hard. And Paige, I'm just saying, like, it's, this is what I do in the off season. It's not very exciting. Is this like a front and back thing or is it just your front lawn that you really care well, about? Because that's right. where everyone so can see it. Yes. So that's an interesting point. It used to be both. But my kids ruined my backyard. Like like last summer they put down a slip and slide and they left it down too long and it burned off like Ooh. a racing stripe, right? 
So I've had to let go of the back a little bit. I'm, I still keep it good, but it's not as good. The front is the pride and joy. The back is certainly gets love, but not as much love as it used to because my kids are just going to torture it anyways. So that's the, that's the plan of attack. That's the plan of attack. All right. Well, we will certainly be pivoting our social channels yeah. uh, yes. to, to lawn, updates, lawn updates for the, for the summer. But um, by the way, I will say I did drink beer this weekend and I felt like I needed Ooh. to tell you that. So um, what kind I, of beer? I went Boulevard beer, obviously, Very because good. I was in Kansas City. Um, I tried a Pilsner, which I didn't love, but I, it was, I'm sure it's Boulevard good to wheat is Boulevard good wheat beer. is really good. They do have like a hundred, uh, calorie one. That's actually yes. delicious. Cause I drink wheat. I'll drink wheat beer. That's normally the, the type yes. of beer that I drink, but I did drink beer this weekend. Matt Miller got married. I was there. Um, Congrats, beautiful Matt. wedding. Um, got some barbecue. Joe's Would you, barbecue. Oh, very good. Very obviously. good. Obviously. I'm biased. There. This is weird because I we obviously last week talked about how my brother's going to Texas. I've had barbecue in Texas and it didn't live up to the hype. And like for now I'm team like Kansas City barbecue is better. Um, but I feel like hopefully after, you know, my brother being there for three years, I can find a spot that sort of competes with the the barbecue. Um, yes. Look, barbecue this is very controversial, right? You go Texas, you can go yes. Kansas City, you can go barbecue uh, in Alabama. Unbelievable. So I don't have any strong barbecue takes. Like I don't have a dis- defined enough palate other than I just love barbecue. Yeah. And I like trying different stuff. But that specific place, that is hard to top. Like that is yeah, really, Joe's really is, good. Joe's, Joe's is, is pretty awesome. great. Um, there's a place called Jack Stack there um, that's pretty good. Uh, I've also like had a lot of Kansas City barbecue, so I feel like I'm a little biased, but... Um, I had a place in Dallas. I want to say it was called like the Pecan Lodge or something like that. Oh, yes. Yes, it is Pecan um, Lodge. And it was Infamous. a little dry. I don't know if it's because it was like still post-COVID and they were like it was like limited supply. I don't really know. Um, but it did not do well. I am going to give it another chance. So I'm, I am going to go back to that place and give it another chance because I don't want to slander any any barbecue places on, on I, this I podcast. I like um, um, but I am a tough buffalo or buffalo barbecue critic. Buffalo I like buffalo critic. Buffalo burger <laughs> had one this weekend. Um, speaking of slandering, let's talk SEC meetings. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this entire pod has been dedicated to Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Nick Saban has apologized a couple of times. Then in Destin, uh, I do want to talk about that, by the way, because I think it's amazing. But then in Destin, Sida said, hey, I'm really sorry for signaling people out. Is he really sorry for signaling people out? Probably not. But he's saying everything that he wants to. But so, Paige, I am most interested. I'm not really, I get it. We've talked Jimbo and Nick Saban and NIL, whatever. I think this SEC coaches room is hilarious. When you think of, all right, so you've got a beef, right, between two coaches that used to work together. You're throwing Elaine Kiffin, who's like an antagonist in the best possible way. Yes. Brian Kelly is just chilling. Hanging out, right? Like all of a sudden, oh my God, he's here. You've got Harson, who was almost fired and not fired and now still kind of has a job and apparently a podcast that's getting listened to by everybody. This room is, yeah, I think so. I saw that on Twitter. Of course, the internet probably lied to me. But I find this room to be utterly fascinating. Not to mention, you know, all sorts of other personalities in the mix. But I, I think if you, I would have loved to have been to coach here just to like – Start some shit. 
That's what I would have done. I would have <laughs> you liked. would have been the lame Kiffin of the group. I also find it. You also have the dynamic of the fact that like there's a new top dog. Get it? Yes. Top dog. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about Kirby. See, yes, see very, what I did very there? good. Oh uh, my well, god! Because his comments were, "Oh, it's nothing. It's not a big deal." Kind of just like, well, because obviously he's not going to like pick a side. And Nick said Nick did everything that we said he was going to do, which is. He didn't say that anybody did anything wrong. He was just pointing out what they were doing. So he apologized, but then gave like a little bit of a justification as to why he said what he said, which was fair and what we were saying on the show after that happened. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good sorry, Graham. And he's like, I didn't mean to single anybody out. And, you know, I shouldn't have done that. But um, I mean, he wasn't wrong. So no, he wasn't. I just this is like the theme of the off season. Like the fact that Brian Kelly's in that room and it's like an afterthought, it, it's just yeah. strange. Like I, 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 you know, I can't believe that actually happened. And I just find it, Nick's got to be tired of talking about this too, right? Like he's got to be yeah. like, like he's made his point now, whether he gets his way, we'll see. But he's got to be just tired of talking about this whole thing, I would imagine. Yeah, um, I I think we'll continue to... And by we, I mean us media members will continue to make it a deal. Oh, for sure. Because it's still, it still happened. And I don't think that it's like going to be forgotten. Like Jimbo's not going to let it go. Nick's not going to let go of what he said either. Um, I'm like hoping after he, Alabama beats Texas A&M, he's like, you know, that's what happens when you mess with God, you know, <laughs> or something along those lines. Oh, yes. Like, that's that would, so him to do that. That yes. would, that would ascend me to the moon. Like you, I would... I'd be done. That would be it. I would <laughs> die happy. That'd be the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I want him to do um, it. it. I just love that, including this pod, it's like, this is the content. This is the driving force for us in content land. It's like, oh my God, we need more coaches yelling at each other yeah. um, to, to move things along. But Absolutely. a piece of content that did come out that I am very excited about is the bowl schedule is finalized. Now, bowl season does matter. Bowl season is amazing. It's a way to gamble. It's a way to enjoy football teams. It doesn't yes. have to decide a playoff. Rant complete. Um, there's a couple interesting things about this schedule. Uh, let me first say we've got we've got playoff games back on New Year's Eve, right? We've got the Peach Bowl. We've got the Fiesta Bowl. And I don't love this. Um Personally, it's on a Saturday. You don't want to mess with the NFL, right? The NFL plays a huge part in the scheduling of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised by that. But the one thing I am very happy about, Paige, we were deprived of this last year. The Hawaii Bowl is back on Christmas Eve. I was so okay. sad. I was so sad when the Hawaii Bowl was canceled. I forgot that, like, I don't know how many bowls were canceled, but it wasn't nothing. Like, we had another surge of COVID. It was, a, it was, there was quite a, a few. Decent, yeah, so... I love to see this schedule. We haven't had like a normal bowl season now in a couple of years. I'm hoping we see as many games as, as possible. I don't know if you had any other bowl season op, uh, observations. I just look at this thing and think about like, yes, bring me all of these. Yeah. I mean, I love bowl season. I just hope things don't get canceled sort of like we talked about. But um, yeah, the playoffs being on New Year's Eve is always interesting. I always grapple with that because I don't particularly love New Year's Eve as a holiday but like knowing that I have to work it is always a good excuse um in years past but have we have you covered a playoff game on New Year's Eve 
Like I can't remember. Like gone you, to one? Yeah. No. Do you want to hear do you want to hear a super sad story about that? Um, yes. <laughs> this was I, one of the first or second years I was covering the second game. I forget who it was. And I'm in the press box. I have two stories. One is sad and one is not. And um <laughs> and I remember I'm writing the game happens. It wasn't a good game. None of the games have been very good. And I'm sitting there, you know, sweating. You've seen me in that mode, like headphones on, just leave me alone. And the guy who I don't know nudges me and like he got like a fake top hat. They were pouncing around. He goes, hey, buddy, happy New Year's. And I was like, what? And I looked down. It's like 12, like 12, 11. And like I had no idea. And at that moment, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? This is <laughs> like this is a sad state of affairs. But when I went to a game, a playoff game on New Year's Eve in Arizona, first off, Camelback. Um, oh, my God. It was amazing. I did the early game. Okay. And afterwards, we went back to the hotel, hospitality suite, of course. And they, you know, you went back to the suite. They trotted out like a bazillion bottles of champagne. And there was like no one in there except for like me and a couple of other writers. So, yeah. we, I mean, it was like popping bottles watching this second game uh, by ourselves. I guess, I guess That's saying that out loud is actually a lot sadder than it probably <laughs> oh. was supposed to be. But it wasn't sad in the moment. It felt right. Yeah. Well, as you know, like even after the national championship, there's not many people in hospitality. Everybody comes to get food and a drink, yes. but they have like work to do. So it's not really like a party place after the game because everyone that's really when everyone's work sure. starts. So yeah, I can imagine New Year's Eve. But no, I have not. I because I go to the national championship, I do not go to those. Um, but it's, I mean, why not? Yeah, Let's see, which ones are they this year? They haven't been Fiesta great. and Peach. My friend actually works for the Fiesta Bowl, one of my really good friends. So maybe yes, I'll... so Fiesta back at the uh, Marriott, which is wonderful. And Peach, Atlanta, that is Chick-fil-A sandwich heaven, right? You wake Ooh, up and which... it's just those the biscuit sandwich. I mean, it's like... No, I love Chick-fil-A. By the, by the end, it's... Uh, they keep them so warm, too. They have like those little heating tubs and like... <laughs> you're going to a press conference, like throwing in a throat in your bag and you're on your way. So, but other than that, I will say... I see this, uh, I get excited, like January 2nd, right? The Tampa Bay Bowl, which just sounds strange to me, but whatever. But you have the Cotton Bowl, you have the Citrus Bowl, Bowl. You have the Rose Bowl. Um, also, the Holiday Bowl TBD is kind of funny as well. But I do I do love bowl season. I End of the year, we wrap things up. You, you like immerse yourself in the, the season as much as we do. It's like a breath of fresh air. And we can watch this largely as fans. I know it's been disrupted by the transfer portal and coaches hiring and uh, kids, you know, declaring early, whatever. I still see this and I think about the possibilities of the season ahead. So I got very excited when I saw the schedule. And yeah, I'm trying to map out what the holidays are going to look like here because the it is a logistical mess as a dad uh, to figure <laughs> yeah. out how the hell to manage bowl season with three kids around the holidays. I can't imagine. I always like there's one weekend in December where it's the Heisman weekend, but it's the weekend before bowl season starts and the weekend after championship weekend. That weekend is always busy for me because like usually friends or family have waited to do something on my account and yes. <laughs> have something planned that weekend because, uh, yeah, football season can be long for those that work it and not having Saturdays is kind of a, a tough deal. But um, bowl season is fun. And I think 
I think we will finally get a normal year of like less yes. of the transfer portal chaos. I think managing rosters and things like that are going to become much more difficult. So people aren't going to be transferring in this like mass way that we've seen. Um, at For least sure. this early in the the process. For sure. Um, I want to go. So the last time we recorded, we were off last week. We didn't record last week, but as we were recording, I think we got off the pod and Lo and behold, we were speculating where the hell is Jordan Addison going to go, and he went to USC. Yes, I was not shocked by this. It felt like it felt like Texas C, Texas, Texas C. That would be a fun name for a, a university. <laughs> felt like Texas had some momentum. Mm-hmm. It felt like USC was going to be the best spot. Obviously, I okay. I've said this before. USC, it's going to be a really tough evaluation to evaluate them fair because. The expectations are enormous. But when you look at this roster overhaul and just excitement and buzz overhaul, I can't remember an offseason quite like the one that they've had. I don't mean that as hyperbole. Like, I don't think USC is going to make the playoff. I think they'll probably lose a bunch of games still. But, like, Paige, they've been kind of this floating, massive brand of mediocrity. And now you lock in maybe the best wide receiver in the country, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, one of the best offensive coaches in the country, like just like that. Yeah. And you did did it with rules and everything else. But like this is a big deal. Like and I want to make sure USC, let's be reasonable about USC if we can as a group be reasonable about evaluating USC. No, they should not make the playoff. They can still be very, very fun. I mean, the okay. So Oh boy. We, I'm giving a little sneak peek of what comes a little bit later. USC is my next team in our top 25. Mm. My 14th team. Um so I will talk about them now. Um what I will say is the Pac-12 conference is not a hard one to win in right now. I do understand Utah's there, I get it. But Oregon still is, good. Yeah, but again, Ish. like Utah, Utah, and then a national level slash playoff level from that conference. For sure, um, I would say we just need to be mindful of the fact that, like, if they don't lose any bad games, they could lose a good game or two and still be pretty relevant and still ranked pretty high. Um, yes, like you said, it's hard to it's hard to evaluate. We have no idea how they're going to come out and how they're going to play. I mean, there's been a lot of turnover, clearly, coach-wise, player-wise, all kinds of things. But I think, I I mean, I said this when Lincoln got hired, I don't think it's going to be like a two- to three-year process. Like, I think it's pretty immediate, the impact they'll have on on the sport as a whole in terms of, okay, they're going to make a difference in the Pac-12 and shake things up a bit, and people are going to have to be a little bit more competitive. So I think it might keep the Pac-12 even longer out of the the playoff conversation if it still remains four teams for as, as long as we think it will. Um, but I think they, they'll have a pretty big impact on the, the sport as a whole. I, I mean, I forget too, because so you go out and you get, um, you know, Caleb Williams, which is the splash. But they got Travis Dye also at running back. You go out you get, you had some pretty good wide receivers already in place and you had this dude. So like... Again, on paper, I don't think there's a team offensively that's going to compete with those guys if they stay healthy, not to mention the Lincoln-Riley thing. So, like, 
I'm trying to have a measured USC approach. I do like Utah. We both like Utah. I think Oregon's going to be pretty good. Like it's yeah. going to be a philosophical change, but I still think they're going to be good. So I'm trying to figure out how the hell we measure success at USC. Like if I okay. told you nine wins, would you consider that a success this year at USC? Yes. I would. But too. I expect more. Oh, I wonder if there's a win total out there yet. There probably because is. There probably is. I've, I, we'll, we'll talk some odd stuff here in a minute. Let's see. Vegas sets Trojans win. Should have probably looked at this in advance, but now whatever. So eight and a half is the win total. There's probably some juice on that. So nine is kind of the threshold. Yes, I think nine would be good. Um, and you get another season of Caleb Williams, see, you think, and the roster should be better. The other thing is, is that they don't play. They don't play Utah until October. Okay, they play yeah. Rice. Well, does that count? Yeah. Um, no. They play Stanford. Fresno State's not bad, but Fresno State. Yeah. Oregon State, yeah. Arizona State, Washington State, then Utah. Then so, a real test in Arizona. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so all right. <laughs> well, this is a good. This is a good transition to a next topic. We'll start with USC. But we have conference championship odds, which I really love. Ooh. There's all these thresholds throughout the year of what are you know cha- odds to win the conference. USC is now the favorite at DraftKings to win the Pac-12. I don't know. Why do I – maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I'm a little surprised. So here's the odds. I'll give you the first few. It's very close. USC plus 200, Utah plus 280, Oregon plus 280, UCLA at plus 850, which actually isn't a terrible bet. What do you think about USC being the favorite in this instance? Is it buzz? Is it talent? These are, I mean, these are title game winners. Yes. Yes. Okay. So to win the conference, basically. Yes. Um, I don't mind it. I think the other part of this is you have to understand that people don't um, actually watch actual football. So Ouch. I think part of it is that like Vegas, it might, I don't know, like it's a safe bet. Utah I, is I, not a safe bet based on history. Oregon's I don't love a safer any of these odds. Oregon's like, a safer bet. Let's see who else. Let me look. I would take I would take a flyer at like Oregon State at twenty five to one. Like this is look this the, is a look conference. At the, look at the Big Twelve though. Oklahoma's the favorite. Yes. All right. So let's go down here. I, let's Baylor's see. Big plus, Twelve. Baylor's plus six hundred. That's a good bet. That is a good bet. That's that's a bet. That's we're gonna sprinkle. You know, I love a sprinkle. Okay. So you got Oklahoma, Oklahoma plus one sixty. Yes. Yes, right. plus five hundred. No, no, no. It's good. Texas plus three hundred. Oklahoma State plus five hundred. Baylor plus six hundred. And then TCU plus eighteen hundred. And it it goes down from there. Mm-hmm. So you are sprinkling on Baylor. Heck yeah. I kind of like Oklahoma one. State. I kind of like Oklahoma State. Um, I find these odds fascinating. ACC, Clemson, minus 135. Miami, plus 600. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Pittsburgh, plus 850. NC State, plus 1100. Wake Forest, plus 1800. Wake is, like, legit. Like, yeah. I think NC State and Wake, I mean, I if you're buying into DJ, I guess you're buying into Clemson, or you're buying into their quarterback room as a whole. I know their defense is going to be great. I feel like Clemson's getting maybe a little bit too much respect here. Would you Would you agree? Yep. Yeah. People are giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's what what I meant by earlier when I said like people don't watch. I think sometimes people make these future bets based on like names and brands. 
um, and not like yes. what's happened in this offseason. But I will say, if you look at the SEC championship one, the difference between Alabama and Georgia all the way to, to Texas A&M is like a big leap in terms of odds. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, Alabama's I mean, this is the- minus 125, Georgia plus 135, Texas A&M plus 1600. I, I mean, know. like there's a drop off. Like, yes. Like managing this, betting this is hard. Um, yeah, in Florida, 40 to 1. Ole Miss, 50 to 1. Tennessee, 50 to 1. That's kind of fun. Arkansas, 60 to 1. LSU, 70 to 1. Brian Kelly, your one voyage. I'm not betting it. I just find it fascinating. LSU with a first year with their... Um, I I, I'd say the, the conference... Ohio State is minus 210. They're the biggest yeah. favorite to win the conference. Michigan plus 600. Wisconsin plus 1,000. The way the divisions are kind of lined up, <clears throat> that makes sense, right? Because the, you know, you've got the imbalance in the Big Ten. Penn State yeah. plus 1,800. Iowa, go Hawks, 2,000. And Nebraska plus 2,200. I think Ohio State is, I know they're minus 210 page. I would take that all day. Yeah. That's going to get worse and worse. That's going to be minus 280, minus 300 by the time the season rolls around, I would imagine. Yep. I 100% agree. But you did mention Wisconsin, and I want to give you a chance to talk about your top 25 oh team. So our our 14th team, obviously, I chose USC and talked about them. But I'll I'll give you the opportunity to tell me why the Badgers sure. are going to have I Can I spill the beans on like what we're working on a little bit? Can I? Do we do that here or no? We can't, yes, a little. Just All say right. unnamed, unnamed. Unnamed. Um, I'm working on an unnamed story. or un, <laughs> I'm, the, Well, the story's unnamed, too. An unnamed <laughs> player on the Wisconsin Badgers, mm-hmm. who I think um, is going to have a tremendous football season. I Now, Paige, I, you're probably looking at this. I know you. And you're thinking, like, he just is working on this story, so the son of a bitch put Wisconsin. Wisconsin was already in this spot, okay? Okay, right. They were already in this spot. Sure. However, I, I think Wisconsin, like, they – you look at their season. They started off terribly, terrible, mm-hmm. and they closed really strong. Part of that was finding a running game, and you still have the Mertz factor at QB, which is a concern. The defense is going to be really, really good. Um, they're not nearly as sexy as Ohio State, obviously, offensively. But they are going to be fun, and they got they they got some dudes. They have one dude in particular that I'm writing about that I think is going to be just nuts. So I I think Wisconsin bounces back bounces back in a big way. I do think they are a threat to win that division. I think they brand play a brand of football that could give Ohio State some problems if we get to that point. Hey, I mean, I disagree, but <laughs> I'll let you have it. <laughs> so you so you have USC. Yes. Um, and by the way, so let's look at our top 25, too. So up to this point, I had Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, A&M, Utah, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio, Oklahoma State, NC State, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Baylor. You had Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, A&M, Utah, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, Texas, NC State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Arkansas. So you are – you know what I – so you are buying – because I was going to put this on our uh, – Things to talk about. This is a, is this team back here? You've got Miami, you've got Texas, and you have USC. Which of the three 
is most likely to be this team is back, like come Halloween, where we're actually saying this team is back. Um, based on, I'm going to say USC, and here's why. I know I rank them lower than Texas, but my thing is, is Texas plays a bunch of good teams that I also ranked above. I also don't know that Mario Cristobal and Miami is going to be as great as everyone is hyping it up to be. Because, like, we had this same conversation with Manny Diaz. Like, everyone was like, yes. oh, my gosh, this is it. So I'm not sure that it's – I'm not sure that that's it. I think he's got a good quarterback, though. I mean, that it's a really interesting – you know, here's the thing that gives me hope for all three. Again, narrative aside, you've got three teams that have legit quarterbacks, we think. Mm. USC looks to have the surest thing in Caleb Williams. Van Dyke at Miami was awesome last year. And, and yours looks like he's going to be great um, in moments. If I'm picking one of the three – I would be tempted to pick Van Dyke, to be quite honest. I thought he was awesome last year, but you probably go Williams. I the we're gonna write about this at some point, yeah. Paige. Like, is this team back? Is this team back? They're back, and then they're gonna lose a horrible game. I it is awesome for college football that three these three teams are gonna yes. enter with a buzz that maybe is not appropriate. That's okay. Like that's part of the game is hyping these teams up. Yeah. Do you think that if you had to pick so you would go with USC? I think I go Miami. Like, and, and the reason I go Miami, I think the schedule. I, I, you know what this means. Th- you know what this means. It's gonna be Texas. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, and, and <laughs> Texas could be it. Like Texas is like I think it's a I think it's a fascinating debate. Now hold on, we're looking at conference championship odds, right? So mm-hmm. USC is the favorite at plus uh, two hundred in their conference. You have Texas at plus three hundred. You have Miami at plus six hundred. USC is the first choice. Miami is the, the – Texas the second choice. Miami is the second choice. So all three of these teams that have frankly largely shit themselves for a decade have like legitimate hype, good quarterbacks. Like so I'm anchor, you know, you're anchoring the hype with the fact that they have good coaches and they have good quarterbacks. Like that's the formula to this. One of them or two of them is not going to live up to expectations, we think. Yeah. And it will be a joke. The biggest laughing stocks, Miami wouldn't be the biggest laughing stock. It would be no. either Texas or USC. USC. It's probably the biggest target. USC, then Texas, then Miami in terms of laughing stock. If people, they don't do well. I'm not sure people love shitting on a program more than they love shitting on Texas. Yeah. Like when they lose. Texas is back. When Texas loses to Kansas, which is an atrocity, that's the whole Twitter feed is that, right? And I guess yeah. understandably so. But yes, in terms of comedic relief, if Texas is bad, that is good for Twitter engagement. If USC is bad, it'll be miserable for us because it's it will be yes. frustrating because like you've said, people are not going to manage expectation on that. And no. it's going to be way too harsh for whatever happens with that team. And Lincoln Riley will figure it out. Like it's not going to – like if it is bad this year, it'll it'll be remedied. I'm not worried about that. Texas, I would be a little bit worried if it hasn't worked out by now. All right. I see on the dock that you wanted to talk about your new gambling obsession. I also am on a bit of a heater in a certain sport, but I want you to go first. What is your new gambling oh. obsession? Okay, so it's more that this has become an overall new obsession in general. So – have you ever heard of the docu-series called Drive to Survive? Yes. Have you watched it? 
Not enough to be educated on it. So okay. no. So it's a docuseries about Formula One. Yes. And I, for a very long time, have not watched any form of motor racing. It has not been my thing. Um, I decided right after the NCAA tournament that I was going to dive into this docuseries because everyone's like, you have to watch it, you have to watch it, you have to watch it. Um, I just finished it last week. There's four seasons. Um, I am now fully invested in the sport, but also gambling on this because this year in particular, they're, I mean, it's still early in the season, yeah. but, um, and there's certainly favorites, but like putting some futures on who could be like winning the like world champion and then like the contractors oh, yeah. championship as like teams could be pretty fun. So I'm going to start sprinkling, you know, I love a sprinkle. I'm going to start sprinkling on Formula One, but also I legitimately, if there's anyone who's listening to this podcast who's seen the docuseries and wants to just like talk about it, let me know because it's all, all right. uh, it's all I, it's all I consume besides college football content is, is Formula One content. I am fascinated at the fact that a Netflix documentary has seemingly like catapulted the interest in a sport as high as it has. Yeah. Like they, you, you can't trace it solely to this. But it's a. It was the. Well, it was the match that I lit mean, the fire. You sort of can because they were struggling fan wise, and now they're selling out. They attribute like seventy six million fans across the world to this documentary. Um, and I will say, like, it is so incredibly fascinating on so many levels that I understand why people got hooked. But also, the people that produce the show are also producing the golf version of this and a tennis version. I'm excited because I don't know as much about tennis. And, like, the inner workings of how, like, a season goes. But, like, the fact that, like, they were following Justin Thomas, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Yes. Like, that's going to be such good content. It's going to be incredible. I think it's a lot of these sports that, like, you don't have a ton of access to. Like, if, for example, like, we've seen Hard Knocks. Like, we see, like, when they follow guys, like, I feel like NBA guys give a lot of access. A lot of them have podcasts and can do that during the season. These... Sports in particular, golf, tennis, and, and Formula One, those are not, you don't have as much access to those people. And no, the golf. access you get in learning about these sports in ways that you wouldn't unless you were like actually doing it is pretty wild. Like, I love it. I would love to see how Justin Thomas prepares. Like, um, you know, I would love to see that. And I think just in general, um, you know, it's, it's a really good idea. However, um, yes, uh, I am excited to see Drive to Survive. And then in terms of they're doing the the race in Las Vegas. Yes. That's going to be fascinating. I was talking to people this week about it who, you know, were talking about just trying to get tickets. It's going to be like one of the hottest tickets in America. It right? is. And it is wild. So. I watch a lot of the like interviews now with all of them because they're in season, but they just had the Miami one a couple weeks ago and they were like asking them what the difference is between like this and like, um, like the ones overseas, like the ones that are in America, like what's the difference? And they're like the people in the paddock, which is like the area that they are all in. Um, and it's like, there's so many celebrities and people that have just like really gotten into it that they have like access to go to these things and so much money to pay for these tickets to go. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty cool experience. My brother and I have been looking into ones that we could go to and visit, oh, like God. obviously foreign countries and and see new places. Um, 
But yeah, the ticket prices are wild and you want to do it up. But there is one in Austin on the weekend of my 30th birthday this year. And I think that's why my brother really wanted me to watch this so that we could be there for that. Um, But ticket prices are quite pricey. And they sell out so quick. That's the other thing. It's like now because it's so popular, like they're selling out their grandstands, which is unbelievable. They've had to add them to certain tracks. Like it's wild. Just a couple years, just like that. I, um, I am enjoying betting on hockey. So oh. I am a I am a New Jersey I so it's kind of homer betting. I bet the Rangers the last two games. Okay, uh, they will start playing tonight. Hockey playoff hockey. I know this is like the total like like repetitive like obvious thing to say. It really is awesome. Like it really is fun, and I am totally cool being a bandwagon homer fan yeah. on the Rangers and on hockey in general. Betting on hockey, though, when it comes to over-unders, I mean, we had a hockey game last night that had like 88 goals in it. So, um, no, I'm I'm excited, and I have been enjoying it a ton. Just what a fun playoff sport. Yes. Like, it's been great. The NBA playoffs have been a little boring, so yes. hockey has definitely got their moment to shine. I will say I always used to joke that, like, hockey doesn't start until the playoffs. Like, the hockey season doesn't, because I just never watched it until, yes. like... I am a Sharks fan, but like they're not in the playoffs now, but they have been in recent years. And so been able to watch that hasn't really been that great. But um, but yeah, I'll watch hockey during the playoffs and it is an exciting sport. I imagine it's a stressful sport to watch just without gambling on it. I imagine gambling on it makes it incredibly stressful. Oh, it's wonderful. It is stressful. It is. But yes. And other than that, I am looking for stuff to gamble on. I don't like betting on baseball. Formula One. I'm gonna is need you to watch. That's gonna be your homework assignment. Um, I am for our our summer break, which we do have to let everyone yes. know we are gonna take a bit of a summer vacation, if you will, and um, come yes. back to you guys in a couple of weeks. Um, we're gonna take our downtime, like college football coaches right now, and you know, chill out sure. a little bit and uh, come back after. I'm thinking the Fourth of July is when we're gonna come back. Um, yeah. Post holiday season. Media days. You got media days starting. You've got you've got all sorts of weirdness breaking. Talking season. You've got breaking down conferences, which I'm really excited to do. Um, Yes, this is the truly dead period of college football. This is where like coaches go to their lake houses. We are going to their lake houses. You're going like all over the world, I believe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yes. Yeah. We're gonna take a break, but then we're gonna be back with a vengeance here as we gear up for like the home stretch. Lots um, of preview so, content, like you said, it is talking season. I, no, I, I, the, I don't love going to media days, but I do enjoy the content that emerges from it. Me too, because we are all desperate. Thank you, Jimbo and Nick, for giving yeah. us at least a couple of weeks of that. Right, we we made such a big deal out of that that it was like a high, and then we realized how low things were going to get for the next couple of weeks and how quiet it's going to get. But um, sure. yeah, it will definitely be fun, and like I feel like the the mood is a little bit more relaxed during like media days, and so like coaches and players say things that we can use for the whole season um, to work it up. But yeah, so we'll be back um, in about a month or so, and and yes. with all the preview content and college football things in the meantime you can check for updates on our social media for um kramer's lawn yeah kramer's lawn vacation places actually we should probably use our social media to just tweet and post of places that we are no puns Uh, yeah no for sure yeah we will be around a bit you're gonna be around a bit um it'll be a good time to take a breath and then um like i said we're gonna be full steam ahead 
heading into the year, which is coming way too fast in the best possible way. Um, so with that, um, enjoy the break. Enjoy the breath. We'll be back. For Paige, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you guys soon. And for Hank, who didn't make a peep during this whole episode. MVP. Thank you.